Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book, The Hollow Crown, The Wars of the Roses, and The Rise of the Tudors. This book details the history of the regime change from the fall of the House of Lancaster to the rise of the Tudors for nearly a century. In June 1420, a triumphant song rang out from a church in the city of Troyes. A young girl wearing a crown and extravagant wedding dress walked solemnly towards the church accompanied by a band. Her distinguished groom, a scarred-faced, battle-weary warrior, wore stately and luxurious attire. The church was packed with well-dressed lords, knights and noble women who gathered to witness the wedding while 1,600 soldiers stood guard outside the church. The two main characters in this somber ceremony were King Henry V of Lancaster, England, and Catherine de Valois, daughter of King Charles VI of France. The pairing formalized the partnership between England and France and put Henry V in control of Britain and France. Henry V won the Anglo-French War with his outstanding military expertise, however, King Charles VI of France was unable to govern due to mental illness as well as growing divisions and political opposition within his empire. France caved beneath the pressure of the English Empire. As a result of France's loss, Catherine's brother Charles VII lost his right to the crown of France and its princess, both of which fell to Henry V. Much to Henry's dismay, the process of taking over the rule of France was not without its problems. The exiled Charles VII and his followers were insubordinate to the new crown, and Henry, without even having time to enjoy his honeymoon, was forced to engage them in battle. In 1420, after the war came to a temporary standstill, Henry brought his wife back to England. A year later, Catherine became pregnant and gave birth to a son, but her husband was unable to witness the birth of his son as he was embattled in a war in France. A few months after Catherine gave birth, still in France, Henry contracted dysentery, a disease that causes intestinal damage as well as severe dehydration and is often fatal. He was no exception. He died soon after falling ill, never to return to England, nor to see his infant son. Henry's death opened Pandora's box. The Lancaster dynasty would be on the decline after his death, and England would enter nearly a century of chaos and turmoil. What events led to the fall of the Lancaster dynasty? What turmoil did England experience? How did the chaos end? We can look for the answers to these questions in this bookie. Next, we'll look at the main content of this book in three parts. Part 1, The Fall of the House of Lancaster. Part 2, The Three Stages of the Outbreak of the Wars of the Roses. Part 3, The Disappearance of the Threat of Restoration, Rise of the Tudor Dynasty. Part 1, The Fall of the House of Lancaster. Many factors can lead to the demise of a dynasty, but the blame for the decline of the Lancaster dynasty can be placed upon the rulers. The rulers who succeeded Henry V after his death were less resourceful than he was, and even though countless outstanding people strove to support the monarchy throughout his reign, they were unable to turn the tide in favor of the dynasty. The following is part 1, wherein we will discuss the decline of the House of Lancaster. Henry V knew he had little time to live after he learned that he had contracted dysentery. At that time, he began to lay out his desired future for the dynasty, detailing his vision for the future rule of England and France. He declared his son Henry VI, who was less than one year old at the time, inherit the throne. 
His decision left the infant's oldest brother, John Duke of Bedford, in charge of French affairs, and the youngest brother, Humphrey Duke of Gloucester to care for Henry VI along with his grandfather, the Duke of Exeter. But no detailed preparations could alleviate the uneasiness of putting a baby on the throne. In August 1422, Henry V died from his illness. Two months later, King Charles VI of France passed away and Henry VI, the son of Henry V along with the French Princess Catherine, officially became the joint monarchs of the two kingdoms. However, Charles VI's son, Charles VII, still maintained considerable power. Under common law, the British royal crown is inherited by the ruler's children, or if childless, by the closest relative. This ensured that sovereignty would remain in the family's hands after the death of the king which meant that the throne would be inherited by immediate blood relatives after the death of the king, to the exclusion of everyone else. In the case of a rebellion against this system, the nobles would combine their forces in unity against them. Henry IV, the father of Henry V, founder of the Lancaster dynasty, faced such resistance. In 1399, he took the throne of then-King Richard II, which violated the lineage inheritance system. Questioning the legitimacy of Henry IV's throne, nobles from around the nation launched an insurgency. Helplessly, he had to rely on his courtiers, within his kingdom, to suppress the uprising and watch as the royal family's dynasty was consequently fractured. The crisis that ensued from Henry IV's rise to the throne was not resolved until his death. According to common law at the time, Henry VI's succession to the throne was guaranteed. The aristocracy knew that a baby was unequipped to rule the country, so the responsibility of leadership fell to the aristocracy and parliament. To avoid a dictatorship, the dynasty adopted a form of collective leadership through council. The decree strictly maintained the authority of the infant king, and all matters were carried out only after Henry VI stamped his seal of the state. This model of acting rule, while seemingly absurd, did largely preserve the dynasty's stability. By the time Henry VI grew into his leadership role, things were going more poorly than the officials expected. In 1435, England's rule of France became precarious after the Duke of Bedford lost a war against Charles VII. England and France conducted peace talks, however, during these talks, England not only failed to achieve its aims, but also prompted the two conflicting parties in the French Civil War to reach a peace agreement in support of Charles VII. The Duke of Bedford's death shortly thereafter was another great blow to the British. He held immense power over military and political apparatus, and he was integral in maintaining peace and stability in England while playing a primary role in the rule of France. In the months following the death of the Duke of Bedford, Charles VII led two major parties in their offensive against the English forces, and successfully reclaimed large areas of French territory. Faced with growing tensions, the English populace grew anxious for Henry VI to take power as soon as possible. In October 1435, the King's Council assembled and officially put Henry VI in power. But despite high expectations, Henry VI did not inherit his father's political talents, and his rule proved disappointing. He made many costly decisions and proved his poor negotiation skills in signing pardons or revising documents that would drain his coffers. On one occasion, he approved a petition that cost 2,000 marks, and the following day he granted away the constableship and stewardship of a castle, which cost another 1,000 marks. Henry VI's incompetent rule also led to diplomatic problems. In 1445, Henry married Margaret, the daughter of a French noble, and then held peace talks with France, 
English officials had hoped to reach an agreement with France through the peace talks to preserve their full sovereignty over the land they had conquered. But the French disagreed. They refused to sign the final treaty, agreeing only to a two-decade truce and to cede Maine to Margaret's father. Due to the constant lobby of Margaret and Charles VII, Henry VI believed returning Maine would herald the blessing of peace between England and France, and thus agreed to their request. However, this consent put his government in a difficult spot. Hard-won lands would be surrendered in return for mere talks and promises from the French. Many nobles regarded this agreement as humiliating and disastrous for England. The arrangement greatly reduced the authority of English rule in France and made England appear weak internationally. Civilians and soldiers stationed in Maine were also very unhappy with the decision, and complaints about Henry VI increased. By 1449, after France had violated the armistice by capturing Normandy, the anger of the English people had reached an irreconcilable state. They believed traitors surrounded the king and that they had led the country to failure. In response, they launched a rebellion. The rebellion broke out around Kent. A man named Jack Cade gathered a crowd intending to get rid of the king's treacherous officials. Henry VI sent two delegations to suppress the rebellion but failed to eliminate the rebels. The deteriorating situation frightened many officers and soldiers who demanded that the king disposes of the traitors as the rebels requested, or else they would defect to the rebel camp. Under such pressure, Henry arrested a baron to calm the anger of his officers and men. However, the rebels were not content, and the situation grew tenser. Henry abandoned London and took refuge in the north. Cade later led the rebel army to capture London and began slaughtering prisoners. Fortunately, the mayor and city council members who remained in London managed to gather an army to try to suppress the rebellion. After a night of intense fighting, Cade was unable to break through the guards' blockade and fled back to Kent, where he was captured by the sheriff of Kent. Although Cade's rebellion failed, a state of restlessness lingered throughout England. Many people had placed their hopes for national rejuvenation on the then-lieutenant of Ireland, Richard, Duke of York. Many of the rebels had publicly declared their wishes for the Duke of York to return as king. To help put down the rebellion, Richard, Duke of York, left Ireland without the permission of Henry VI and returned to England to attempt to save the country. The Duke of York's return was warmly welcomed by the public, but he was met with suspicion by the king and his courtiers. The government officials suspected that the Duke of York was a part of the rebellion and did everything in their power to prevent his return. Despite his wishes, the powerless Duke of York could not prevent the demise of the Lancaster dynasty and watched it fall. That concludes part 1, where we learned that the Lancaster dynasty was in decline. The root cause of the decline of the Lancaster dynasty was the British system of royal succession which often ran the risk of putting unqualified leaders on the throne. Although England had a lot of talented people that could potentially fill the throne, they were not ready to do away with the royal succession system. The country needed a strong monarch to unite the whole country and keep it functioning in an orderly manner. Instead, the lineage succession system ended up putting a baby on the throne, causing massive public discord. Henry VI lacked political talent, which led to repeated setbacks in national diplomacy. Popular discontent widened among the people who eventually revolted against the monarch and brought about the end of the Lancaster dynasty. Today we are just sharing limited content. 
To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.